Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So we're just continuing along about uh, overcoming the paralyzing effects of fear. And you know, we've been uh, recapping and I won't recap this morning, but we've just, we've come to the conclusion and to the realization that if we have fear to get into, this, in, into, into our hearts, into our minds, uh, fear will stop us from uh, pursuing and fulfilling the calling of God. Just to help, my pack keep going down. Just to help this morning, I believe that every, every person that calls upon the name of, of, of Jesus Christ has a, a destiny to fulfill. I, I believe that with all of my heart. Scripture says that in the Word of God. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says that we before they leave this planet. I believe that with all of my heart. You might not believe it this morning, but I want to say that if you don't believe it, you're probably deceived because the Word of God teaches very clearly that each one of us is called and anointed to do the things that God has called us to do. But what we've been discovering is that fear, everyone say fear, false evidence appearing real can hold us back from the things of God that God has for us. And I shared last week two little things that I want to touch on this morning because many weren't here last week in earshot. But many, many years ago, I had the great joy and privilege of sitting with an older, older woman, uh, quite an older woman in her faith. And you could tell that she was born again. You could tell that she loved Jesus. You could tell that she was right with God. She was secure in her heart about her eternal um, destiny. But as we started to talk, she started to share about the fact that many years before, the Lord had asked her to go to Africa as a missionary. And that she shared that she was so uh, disappointed in her heart, even all these years on, that she had allowed fear to stop her from going and fulfilling the calling that God had for her life in that particular stage of her life. And when I listened to that story, I thought, how sad it is for us that often when God calls us to go, calls us to become, calls us to go out, calls us to overcome that bridge that's there between us and what it is that God is calling us, that we allow fear to stop us from fulfilling the call of God on each of our lives. Very, very sad story. But I wonder how many people this morning might be in this place today that you have allowed fear to speak to you and to stop you from moving forward in the, in the, in the, in the calling that God has. And last week, I uh, went, uh, shared a, uh, had a push bike ride with my good friend, Mark. We went for a ride, not last Friday, the Friday before. and had a great push bike ride around. And, and as I was riding down here towards uh, Barrack Point, I felt that the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to me in a word. Sometimes he speaks to me in a sentence. This time he spoke to me in a sentence. And this is what he said to me. And I wanted to bring it to your attention today. He said that too many Christians are squandering the call of God that's upon their lives. Too many Christians are squandering the call of God that's upon their lives. Now, I had a bit of an idea of what uh, it means to squander. But then I went home and I looked at it a little bit more. And this is what it means this morning. It means to squander. It means to waste, to misuse, or to throw away, allowing an opportunity to pass by or to be lost. If you haven't realized since I've returned, I'm not here to impress you this morning. I'm here to push you this morning. But too many Christians are squandering 
the calling of God upon their lives because we allow fear to get into our hearts and that fear holds us back. And we allow the opportunity that's in front of us to be passed or to be lost. And this is why this series is so important. And this is why we said from the beginning, it's not going to be a message that you hear, but it's going to be a number of messages that people are going to get to a point where they say, well, that's enough. I'm no longer going to be chained by fear. I'm no longer afraid of fear. (laughs) I am a child of God. Love that song. But that song's for us. That song for each one of us. We sell ourselves far too short. Far too short. There is a calling of God upon each one of our lives. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the effects of fear and how it can destroy us and how it can hold us back and how it can paralyze us. And this morning, we want to look at this fear. I believe it's a very, very encouraging fear that we are going to have an opportunity to overcome today. But today, we're going to look at overcoming the fear that if I give to God, I will go without. That if I give to God, I will go without. Listen to this thought this morning. A vast majority of Christians, uh, people, believe The God of the Bible is a miracle-working God. However, there can often be a huge disparity between what we say and what we believe in the reality of that experience. So the question this morning is this, how can we experience miracles in our lives? How can we experience miracles in our lives? Is God alive? Come on, God is alive. There's no God on the planet like our great Savior, our God, our King, our Lord, and our Master. And this is what he said. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that was moving in the book of Acts is the same God that wants to be moving in our hearts today. But possibly we're allowing fear to speak to us louder than the voice of God, louder than the Word of God. And as a result of that, we're not seeing the miracles that God wants to bring past in our lives. Hallelujah. God, every day that we wake up, it's a miracle. I'll try to get it right, but something like this planet, I think, uh, science people will get me right, but right while we're sitting here today, this planet is spinning at 102,000 kilometers an hour like that. It's rotating like that. That's astounding. We should be thrown up against the wall over there, but we're not. Every day is a miracle. In fact, while that earth, this earth is spinning 102,000 kilometers an hour around like that, we're orbiting this thing called the sun. And apparently, I think the figure is, you can send me an email and say I'm wrong, but I'm just having a go this morning, Dave. I think it's around 600,000 kilometers an hour. We're spinning around and orbiting the sun at 600,000 kilometers an hour. We're orbiting the sun while the earth is spinning at 102,000. Don't tell me today that this is a normal day. Today's a miracle. It's a miracle. But God wants to bring to pass miracles in your life and in my life. Amen. So we're going to look this morning at overcoming the fear that if I give to God, I will go without. And we want to look at a story this morning. Open up your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 17. Everyone happy this morning? I think I'm preaching already. 1 Kings chapter 17. Have a look at it this morning. There's a great story in here that we want to have a look at. And there's a few principles that we're going to draw out of this text here this morning. How we can overcome the fear that if I give to God, I will go without. And the story in First Kings chapter 17, the story centers on a widow 
with next to nothing, receiving miraculous provision through obedient giving. Listen to that. She receives miraculous provision through obedient giving. But listen to this thought here. Before she experienced the miracle, before she experienced the miracle, she had to silence the fear that if she gave to God, she would go without. And you're going to find out in a moment why it was such a miraculous and sacrificial thing that she did. But we want to pick the story up in 1 Kings chapter 7, 17, verse 1. And it says this, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Wow. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide uh, by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to come and feed you there. Hope they clean their teeth. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. I just want you to note there the prophetic power of Elijah's words. There would be no rain except at my word. God, raise up today prophets like that across our nation. God, we pray in Jesus' name that you would raise up such prophetic people with such a prophetic utterance upon their lives that, that, that waves would be still, that the moon would be still. I mean, I'm going right out there this morning, but God, raise up people with such a prophetic calling upon their lives, like Elijah, that at their word, things would happen. Amen? So we see this morning through this verse of Scripture, there's a devastating drought that's taking place. So much so that the brook where Elijah was staying has now dried up and the land is devastated by drought and famine. But then we pick up the story in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 9. God instructs Elijah to go down to Zarephath where a widow will be asked to supply him with food. Once Elijah arrived at Zarephath, he saw the lady mentioned by the prophetic word that the Lord gave him and requested some water from her. Just pause right there. What we're going to discover about this woman is this, that this woman was a widow and she had a son. And where they are right now is they are a point where they are starving to death starving to death they have one meal left and one little bit of oil left that's all that they have to their name and we're going to discover in a few minutes time what Elijah asks of them is so so absolutely amazing but what we find here in verse 10 it's this and when Elijah came to the gate of the city indeed a widow was there gathering sticks and he called to her and said please bring me a little water and a cup that I might drink Fair enough. Pretty challenging request, I believe, in the midst of all that's going up. But listen to this thought here. What Elijah asks for next is absolutely astounding. Because in verse 10 and 11, he says this, And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your 
hand. Listen to that. Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. I don't know about you, but the, the request that Elijah was giving this widow must have put her into a spin. She must have been thought, God, what are you asking me to do? Giving this right now doesn't make sense. Can I say this morning, there are many times in our journey with Christ that Christ will ask us to give things when it does not make sense. Too many of us just give out of our abundance. That's okay. But God's looking for the sort of people that will give sacrificially. They will give out of the little that they have. God bring us back to a day where there's more of us that are willing to sacrifice more of what God has given us. Amen. Rather than just tipping the Lord all the time with giving out of our abundance, this woman was asked to give out of the, the, the little that she had. And she must have been in such a spin thinking about the fact that she had no food and the prophet comes now and says, please bring a morsel of bread in your hand. But listen to her response here this morning. It's in verse 12. It's up on the screen there. Verse 12, it says this. So she said, and listen to this, everyone. And she said, as the Lord God lives, I do not have bread. I only have a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I might go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we might eat it and die. Can you see how desperate and now needy this woman is here? She's preparing. She's out in the, in the, in the, uh, the, 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 the outskirts of the village. She's picking up sticks, and in her mind, she's thinking, I'm going to take those sticks back. And me and my son are going to eat the last little bit of flour that we have and the last little bit of oil. We're going to eat that and then we're going to die. Wow. I don't know about you, but that's a place of desperateness. Trying to put myself into the widow's world and proceeding that point where she's now thinking that this is our last meal and we're going to die, they must have faced years of famine together. You know, I, I face famine on a regular basis. Every night between the hours of about 8 and 6 a.m. Famine. I get up in the morning and I'm famished. But she and her son would have faced years of famine. I mean, desperate times. So she would have had years of facing famine. The thoughts of death by starvation must have been flooding her mind continually because there was no end inside of the drought. And she's now preparing for their last meal. In other words, all hope has been lost. She is totally in a desperate place. That's why the request from Elijah for her food was difficult for her to comprehend. But it's Elijah's response that we need to note this morning. Because in verse 13, it says this, And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as, 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 as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and for your son. Elijah's first words to her, and this has been our journey and our story, is do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. I would have thought without exception, the widow's heart would have been filled with fear. If I give this, to the prophet, that my son and I won't have that last meal together, that I'd be hoping and counting on that we'd be, be able to have together. Her heart would have been filled and gripped with fear. Fear will stop us from giving. We, like the widow, can think, God, 
if I give this money, as you're asking me, Lord, I will go without. But listen to this thought this morning. It's at junctions or times like this in our lives when God asks us to give that we have the potential to experience the miracle provision that God wants us to experience. Remember before we spoke about miracles, He's the God of miracles, amen. This woman is about to experience a miracle because she gave sacrificially, amen. She didn't give out of the surplus that she had. She gave out of the little that she had. And friends, that's why we need to overcome the fear that if I give this to God, I will go without. We can't outgive God. Some of you are going to sleep. I'm going to stand in front of you in a minute. I'm preaching better than you're sitting there. Glory to God. Come on, you're hearing it this morning? We can allow fear to rob us of the miracle provision that God wants to bring over our lives. Rather than give as he asks, listen this morning, I'm not saying to you that we just give to everything. Give here, give there, give there. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is this, the, the message in the message is this. If God directs us to give in a particular area, then we should be willing to give. Because if he's asking us to give in a particular area, there are two outcomes, and we'll finish with those in a minute, but there are two outcomes that come as a result of that. And the first one is the miracle provision of God back to us as we give sacrificially so this morning I want to go back to Elijah's request because there's a principle in this request to the widow that we need to understand and the principle is found in this verse here he then said but first make me a small cake of bread for me what Elijah he said to the widow but first make a small cake of bread for me. Why would God ask a poor, starving widow to take care of someone else's needs before her own? God was communicating through Elijah a very powerful principle, and the principle is this, and always must remain this. The principle is to put God first in all things. Put God first in all things. That's the principle that God was showing us through the prophet Elijah to this widow. But make first a small cake of bread for me. God was basically saying, you must always put me first in all things. God wants us to put him first in our lives and especially the area of our money. How we handle money will affect the direction and the purpose of our lives. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, 21. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be as well. Hear it. Where your treasure is, your money, your finances, your heart will be there as well. Hallelujah. You know, I've found that when people start to slip away from fellowship and community and, and connecting with God, one of the first areas that go is their commitment to tithing to the house. Because the principle is there. Where your treasure is there, your heart will be as well. Amen. I don't have to, in the mornings, you know what? I found, over the last number of years, yes, I'm the pastor of the church and da-da-da-da. But you know, for, for the most part, 90, 98% of the time, I can wake up on a Sunday and I look forward to going to church. You know, I believe why? Because Rachel and I are always tithing into the house. 
Every week we're tithing, we're bringing our tithe in the house. What are we doing? We're putting God first. We're saying, God, with our treasure, we're putting you first above all the other bills and all the other things. Lord, we're putting you first with our tithe. And I think because of that, this is where our heart is. Amen. This is where our heart is in the house of God. It's in the house of God. Why? Because our treasure's here. Amen. And Jesus was trying to teach us something very, very powerful. Amen. If your treasure's not in the house, neither will your heart be. Woo! If your treasure's not in the house, neither will your heart be. Your heart will be somewhere else. And I tell you what as well, you will be an easy target for the enemy if your treasure's not in the house. If it's not in the house, where your treasure is there, your heart will be. Don't you love that? Treasure is, there your heart will be. If your treasure's not in the house, your heart won't be in the house either. And you know, just to, just to, just to speak to, you know, we, we are living in a time where the deception of media, uh, the deception of, of, of so much of the news and that is out there today, Christians are just falling off the tree of faith in unprecedented numbers more than ever before. More than ever before. And for me as a pastor, that keeps me awake at night. Thinking, Lord, how does that change? But, you know, I found this, that probably the most powerful way of staying connected in the house is making sure my treasure's in the house. You don't like me this morning. That's okay. There's powerful stuff here this morning. Powerful. You want your heart in the house, keep your treasure in the house. Jesus was saying that one of the first things that we need to make sure is our treasure is kept in our house. Amen. So the thought is this this morning. Uh, God wants us to be generous with our money for the purpose of building His kingdom, but also that we experience what God can do in our lives when we choose to give as God is directing us. So I want to go now back to the widow and we'll start to conclude this morning. The widow had to make a choice and overcome a fear that if God gave, if she gave to God, she would go without. Listen to that there. The widow had to make a choice and overcome her fear that if she gave to God, she would go without. But what we find is that she overcame the fear. And then look at what takes place in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 13 to 16. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as have said. But make a small cake of it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your sons. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil dry run until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. See that? Miraculous provision. The flour bins filled up. The oil bins filled up. They, they can't empty. They've got the whole village coming over. They have a party every night. They bake pizza because they've got so much flour and oil. They've got tomatoes growing at the back, so they have simple Italian um, 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 uh, pizzas every night. They've got that. The, the bins, the bins. God's supernatural, supernatural provision is kicking in there now. Listen to it. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil dry, uh, run dry, according to the word which the Lord spoke by Elijah. As she gave the little she had, and put God first, God miraculously provided for her and her son's needs. Question. Could you be holding back the miracle provision of God today by your unwillingness to give as God is asking? 
When we look at this story, we can see that the fear that we will go without if we give to God is dissolved. Because we find that as the widow gave sacrificially and put God first supernaturally, He supplied all of her needs. And this morning, the take-home is this. If God is asking you to give, it's because He wants to show you His supernatural provision through your life. Amen? We said about halfway through our journey, and we're concluding, if I could have the keyboard this morning, we said halfway through our journey that there's, there's two reasons why it's so important for us that we give as God is directing. The first reason is this, is that God wants to show us His miraculous power in and through our lives. Our God is a miraculous God. Remember the disparity between the miracle God that we see in the pages of Scripture and and some of our experience? Well, this morning, God's encouraging us with a great principle on how to overcome that. This morning, if He has asked you or is asking you to give, then my encouragement through this word is that you do that and you do that as quickly as you possibly can. Because the first thing is that God will prove Himself faithful to you as He did with this woman as well and provide supernaturally. The flour never ran out. The oil never ran out. They were taken care of. To go forward a little bit further, the miracle of that seed that she sows doesn't finish there because in 1 Kings chapter 17, in verse 17, we see that the widow's son passes away. He dies. And then we see God sending Elijah and using Elijah. And you, you don't know the story. You can read it this afternoon. But Elijah takes him upstairs to the room, lays on top of the boy, and the boy's breath comes back to life again. The seed that she's sown is still bringing dividends. But what's more importantly, this is the second thing as well. She fed Elijah and continued to feed Elijah, the prophet of God, for the next three years. In fact, so much so, a room was set up in her home and Elijah would come and he would stay there and he would be fed and he would be looked after. But this is the second thing that happens throughout our giving. At the end of this time, God sends Elijah to go and confront Ahab. Long story, you read it. And the long and short of it is this, that her small but sacrificial gift led to one of the greatest spiritual revivals and renewals and awakenings that the nation had ever known, all because this little widow chose to overcome the fear that if she gave to God, she would lose out. She gave sacrificially. And through that sacrificial gift, God not only supplies her needs, but goes on to see a mighty revival take place through the land as well. Stories we conclude this morning. We have, uh, we have uh, one of our friends, Emmanuel Bakenga, at the moment that's over in Tonga. Many would know Emmanuel. He's a black African that was brought here a number of years ago, I think about seven years ago, and uh, a wonderful man of God. He's over in Tonga. He's been there for two weeks now. And uh, he's tried to ring me a couple of times, and he left one voice message, and basically the moist, voice, moist message, the voice message is this, that, Pastor, we are having a move of God over here in Tonga. People are being saved. People are being healed. We, we cannot believe what God is doing in Tonga. 
At some point, Emmanuel will be back and he'll share his uh, story and tell us what, what God has been doing in Tonga. But listen this morning. Emmanuel had no money to go there. He didn't have any money at all to go there. In fact, he wasn't quite sure how he was going to go there. But he shared his need with the home group that he's a part of and the home group felt in their hearts that they were meant to gather together and to provide the money to invest it so that he could go. So they gathered together, they gathered $1,000 in their little home group and gave him the money he was able to buy the ticket. Now he's over there now preaching the gospel and seeing souls saved and seeing, seeing supernatural things happen through the churches in Tonga. But why? Because of that sacrificial gift that home group was willing to give. That's the second thing that can happen through our sacrificial giving. Amen? You get anything this morning? Don't be held by the fear that if I give to God, I'm going to miss out. No, 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 no. If God is asking you, it's because he's wanting to bless you and to bless others as well through our giving. Let's bow our heads this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word that is life. We thank you all that you've shared and done in people's hearts and lives this morning. Lord, we just pray today that there be people in this place this morning that you're asking to give, Lord, to whatever it is, you know, between you and them. But Lord, today you would just encourage them that just as the little widow overcame the fear that if she gave to God, she would go without, help us to learn from her life this morning that we cannot outgive you. And that if you're calling us to give, it's because you're wanting to bless our lives, to prove your miraculous provision through our lives, but also to use the things that we give to expand your kingdom. So we just thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, well, every head's bowed and eyes closed this morning. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, or you're here this morning and you've fallen away from God, you know between you and Him, your relationship is not what it needs to be. I want to encourage you this morning in a moment to lead you in a simple prayer, to come back to that place of great relationship with a loving Savior, or to come to the first realization and knowledge that there is a God in heaven that loves you, that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, to pay for our sins so that we could have right standing before God. While every head's bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus or you're away from Him this morning, could I see your hand very quickly? Just raise it before heaven, just as I ask one more time, just as we look across this auditorium. I don't know everyone this morning, but there may well be people here today that aren't right with God but need to get right this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Why don't we stand to our feet? Let's give Jesus a round of applause this morning. Lord, we thank you and we love you. We just thank you today.